Welcome to another edition of T-Bosch and the Fellas Talking Life and Sports, a show for the typical everyday sports fan made by a few everyday sports fans. Honestly, the only difference between you and us is we use a couple of microphones to voice our pretty much relentlessly obnoxious opinions. The conversations that we have on this show are the same arguments that we've been having at Watering Holes for years. And as a little change of pace, we're actually going to switch it up on this episode. We're actually going to bring it back to our roots as we'll be moving it from the studio and recording from one of our favorite local dirty and overcrowded bars, the Blind Tiger Pub in downtown Charleston. Today's guests will be the one and only Johnny Taberzi, best known for an unkept ginger beard and the innate ability to completely forget where or what he's doing while trying to respond to a text message, which he's actually doing as we currently speak. We're also going to be bringing in a buddy of mine with a ton of sports knowledge and nuggets, the wise and mysterious Ryan Terry. I say he's mysterious because he'll be the first guest I've had on this show that I haven't known for a bunch of years. Um, I've come to know him pretty well over the last year, but he could just lose his mind and go postal on us, so we may have to watch what we say about the South Carolina Gamecocks because we're going to be hanging out surrounded by shelves of booze, and uh, you know we don't want him to get a little crazy. And as a side note, he is a USC grad. And I'm pretty sure he's not too happy about Clemson's current domination of the Gamecocks, I'm just saying. Which, of course, I'll be asking him about. So it's officially 2017, and although people all over the world are hating on 2016 as one of the worst years ever, the fact of the matter is, when it comes to the sports world, there were some pretty memorable moments. We're going to be taking a look back at 2016 to decide what some of our favorite sports feats were. We're also about a third of the way into the NBA season, so we're going to be talking a little NBA today because Ryan is our resident NBA expert. And of course, I'm going to be getting the fellas' thoughts on if Clemson is going to be able to take down Bama in tomorrow night's rematch of the NCAA football championship. I'm your host, Thomas Bosch, and as always, we thank you for tuning in to T-Bosch and the fellas talking life and sports. It may be a new year, but we're the same old gross and barely tolerable dudes. So we're hanging out at the Blind Tiger Pub. It is wild card weekend of the NFL playoffs. We're currently watching the Dolphins get spanked by the Steelers. I don't even think it's halftime, and the Steelers are up by, like, three possessions. So we're going to get going on this thing. Mr. Johnny Tabersi, welcome back, sir. I know it's been a while, but we're back on the grinding train. Uh, the tail end of last year was pretty busy for the fellas. We've been slacking a little bit, but we're going to be getting back to it. How you been, my friend? Good. Thanks for having me again. Looking forward to getting this started for 2017. Yeah. You going to uh, shout out a city for us today and uh, keep it real like normal? Yeah, I'll shout out my hometown, Lindenhurst, Long Island, and my boy Ryan LaFleur, who fights at 170 for the UFC. We'll be fighting February 12th at the Barclays Center. Check him out. 5-1 UFC, 11-1 total career MMA record. <laughs> 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 I'm glad. I feel like they're like this for real. I feel like that's his boy for real. Yeah, and Ryan LaFleur is actually a pretty badass UFC fighter that uh, Johnny grew up with. So, well, you know, we wish him the best of luck. And Ryan, this is your first time on the show. I appreciate you taking the time to come to join us today. You know, I was talking a little bit of junk about your Gamecocks in the intro here. I got to know, how do you feel about the dominance Clemson's had over your squad the last bunch of years? 
I don't, so we live in Charleston, South Carolina, folks, just so y'all know. And folks from these parts root for only one of two teams, Clemson or South Carolina. They don't care about professional sports here. So what do you think about the domination over the last couple of years? You know, it's one of those things, uh, USC kind of sucks right now. Clemson's really good, so it's kind of tough for me. This championship game, I'm not too excited about it because I hate Bama. And I hate Clemson. So lose, lose for me, but someone has to win. Growing up here in-state, you know, Clemson and USC both have traditionally not been that great. But over these last few years, Clemson's been holding it together, holding it down for the state. So unfortunately, I guess I'm going to have to go, go with Clemson tomorrow. All right, we got his early pick on this one. All right, we're going to get this started real quick because the national championship game is tomorrow night, and it is Ryan's personal nightmare, it sounds like. Bama versus Clemson, the rematch of last year's title game. And let's be honest real quick, Alabama, in my opinion, is the only college football dynasty I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, there was a couple of good years at the U, uh, Miami, for those of you who don't know what the U is, and there were even some good years at Florida State. Uh, but the level of consistent dominance that Nick Saban has brought to Alabama's program, in my opinion, is really kind of ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, the way the kids are recruited and all the money being spread around college football programs to make them, you know, more attractive to potential players, it really is crazy that Bama is at the top each and every single year, at least for the last bunch of years. So, first off, we're going to talk about the FBS playoffs. Do y'all like the four-team playoff system? We'll go with Johnny first here. I'm going to go first. It's not Johnny first. That's not my last name. <laughs> anyway, um, so I think right now the way it's working with a four team, it makes sense. Um, but at some point, I do believe they should bring it up to eight. It's just going to bring in more revenue and more money. And let's be serious. That's what college sports is all about, bringing in that money. Now, the only problem is eventually after eight teams, there's always going to be a team that gets shorted. And then they're going to want to go up to 16 teams. And it's going to get to a point where when does it stop? Does it become like the end? NCAA basketball tournament where you have 64 teams in and you just play for a year and a half per season. I would like to see maybe four more teams go in just because I think it would be exciting and then kind of uh, cap it at that. I don't see it or needing more than eight teams in my opinion. Here's Ryan second, but second is not his last name either. This is Ryan and no, my last name is not second. I would have to agree with Johnny. I do agree that there should probably be an 18 playoff system. The main thing I see with that is, just like with the NCAA tournament, college basketball started off with 64, now they have 68, and it just adds more teams who don't have a chance at winning the championship, which wastes everybody's time. I think eight sounds about right, although eight teams just ends up the same way with Alabama going to the playoff every year because they start off preseason ranked number one, then they get to lose the game, hypothetically speaking, and then they'll move right back up to the top eight spots <laughs> and ends yeah. up with Alabama. It's happened every single season yeah. the last seven, eight years, would you say now? Yeah. Seven, eight years. Something like that, yeah. They start off preseason ranked one or two, lose, come back up. Whereas the preseason team rank that's not ranked at all, they go 12-0, and and by the time season's over, they're only top ten, and they're not competing for the playoff spot. Yeah. Face it, folks, it's all about Alabama and Nick Saban. Yeah. It sucks. It is. I hate it. It really is. By the way, side note, when are they going to update those 1935 jerseys? <laughs> I mean, really. I, I, I mean, 
two 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 jersey options? No, white on white, crimson on white. Crimson on. I mean, take a couple of those revenue dollars that you get from going to the SEC championship playoffs and national championship every year. That's in some new jerseys. You know, that's it. Just really irks me. I, I they're pretty ugly. Nothing and like the helmet. Just every, the helmet's ugly. The jersey, the crimson. It's it's just ugly. I tend to not disagree with you. They should get a couple more options. Let me ask y'all this. Do you maybe think that, I know y'all both agree with at max, the eight-team playoff here. Do you think maybe you could go up to ten and do like a bye week like they do in the NFL? Do you think that might be a viable option? Um, This is Johnny first, not Ryan second. Uh, I think that, um, see, that's where it gets tricky because once you start extending it and adding more and more teams, the level of competition obviously goes down. So then are we going to have blowouts like we just did, you know, with Ohio State? Now, granted, Ohio State's a different situation. Uh, They just had a terrible week, got shut out for the second time in the school history. Watering it down uh, is something that also has to be a concern. You know, we don't want to watch a game where it's 45 to nothing, and that's a playoff game. That's why even eight teams is a little tricky because how many legit teams would be able to compete with Ryan's favorite team Alabama and his second favorite team Clemson and then you got you know all these other powerhouses Michigan obviously hasn't been doing well lately but still considered a powerhouse so after you know you go through let's say even six teams with the divisions and the way that they're set up in the conferences it's tough to figure out who would be able to get in also because you have the strength of scheduling and there's a lot more to it since there are a lot less games than you know the NCAA basketball tournament and so forth so to distinguish what team is worth getting in and what's not that I think is always going to to be something that they're never going to really be able to figure out unless they just make it one big power conference yeah every single team in the same and that they try to make it where they play more of a fair schedule spread around uh, well, the truth of the matter is, to just put it simply, the answer to your question is no. <laughs> just, just, just no. Uh, ten teams. What does that mean? There's going to be a couple of teams with maybe three or four losses who wouldn't be in a college football playoff. The way seeding would work, I guess Bama would get a bye, and then they'd play a team with four losses. And you already know how I feel about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in my personal opinion, I think the whole Alabama thing's impressive, but uh, screw Nick Saban. You know, I used to be a Dolphins fan, and he kind of screwed my Dolphins back in the day, so that's what I'll say about that. Now, last year's national championship game was pretty entertaining. Clemson made it a good game with a late surge. They only lost by five points. It was 45-40. We know that Ryan thinks Bama's going to pull it out over Clemson. Johnny, do you think Clemson will get their revenge this year? If I was a betting man, I would say that they will cover. I think it's a seven-point spread, but I still think Alabama is going to end up coming through and winning it. As much as I hate to say that and don't really want to see that happen, uh, I'm not really a big college football fan in terms of like having a specific team growing up in Long Island. I like college football in general, so I don't really have a dog in the race. But at the same time, uh, it would be nice to see Alabama lose. Uh, plus, my friend Eric is a huge Alabama fan, and I know that it would ruin his year. And, you know, so I'm a little jaded, and uh, I want to see people upset. Actually, I don't mean to correct you, Thomas, but I actually think Clemson is going to win. Oh, you did say Yeah, I should think uh, Clemson's going to win tomorrow. I think Nick Saban is 
very bold to fire his coordinator less than a week prior to the championship game or he allowed him to step away from the team, whatever, he has a new job. Florida Atlantic, that's a big opportunity, I guess, from Alabama to Florida Atlantic, you think so? That's a huge opportunity to yeah. coach wherever they are in Florida. Do uh, you know where that is in Florida? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Do you know where it is in Florida, Florida Atlantic? Okay. Simple put, I really feel like Clemson's going to win tomorrow. Clemson should have won last year, but this year they are out for revenge, and I think that they are they're going to get it tomorrow. I'm rooting for Clemson, but I honestly think Bama's going to smack them. I think it'll be a close game, maybe. Clemson might make it interesting, but it took four touchdown passes from Deshaun Watson towards the end of the game last year for it to even be close. So we'll see. So we'll see. All right, so we're going to move on. So 2016, in my opinion, was one of the most entertaining sports years I've seen in quite some time. You know, for me personally, it was special because all of my favorite sports teams had pretty awesome seasons. I'm a Panthers fan. We went to the Super Bowl. Go Panthers. Ryan is a huge Panthers. Go Panthers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go Panthers. My Syracuse Orangemen, who were garbage through the entire regular season last year, ended up in the Final Four. I mean, that was pretty crazy. Uh, no one expected that. And my Hornets made the playoffs for the second time in the last three years, but they got beat in the first round, so that sucked. I'm going to give you guys a list of events that happened all in this past year in 2016. I want you to tell me... Of this list, what your top three sports moments were. All right, so the first one is the Cubs win the World Series. Then we've got the Cavs winning the NBA championship. Now, both of those teams were in a long drought for a title, and uh, they both succeeded this past year, which was pretty huge. So Michael Phelps came back for his fifth Olympics. He won five golds, one silver. He's got the most ever medals by an Olympian ever. You know, and the Olympics have been around for a hot minute. Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl, as much as I hate to say that. Peyton Manning was an icon in the NFL. He won the Super Bowl in his final season. That's really impressive. Then you had the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship versus Carolina and Villanova. Chris Jenkins hit his game winner three with zero time left for Nova to win the game. Then you've got the UConn women win their fourth straight title. I don't even remember the last time that they lost a basketball game, to be honest with you. You've got the Golden State Warriors set an NBA regular season record with 73 wins. Kobe Bryant put up 60 points in his final NBA game, which I watched, which was pretty incredible. He may have taken 80 shots to do it, but he got it done. And then the most disappointing one that I've seen in 2016, unfortunately, was Atlanta's Matt Ryan throwing for 600 yards against the Panthers, and Julio Jones caught 300 yards worth of those passes, and that was pretty ridiculous. I feel like I covered a lot of major milestones in 2016. Did you guys have anything that you might want to add to this list? Uh, the only thing I would add is Conor McGregor winning uh, multiple weight classes UFC. First time anybody's ever held a belt for two different weight classes in the history of the sport. In my opinion, I think that's uh, also in the top. Conor, okay, listen, I, I give Conor McGregor a lot of credit. He fought at different weights, and that's pretty impressive, but he also lost in 2016 as well. Alright, we'll put it on the list. Well, we're going to put it on the list for you. We'll put it on the list. Of those choices, what is y'all's top three on all those pretty 
memorable moments. I mean, I can't actually remember a year where there were that many huge things going on all in one year that meant so much to particular teams or individuals. So what are y'all's top three? All right. So top three, no specific order. I, I will say Kobe putting up 60 points in his final game. I don't really think that that was uh, that impressive. Um, if you watch the game, the defense basically uh, moved out of the way, let him do whatever he wanted to because he's Kobe Bryant. So top three for me, I would have to say Cavaliers winning the NBA championship. Uh, I'm not a big Ohio fan, period, but at the same time, besides Ohio State, they uh, really haven't had very good teams. The Cleveland Browns, Cavaliers, Cleveland Indians haven't been in the playoffs since the 90s. In terms of the Cavaliers bringing a championship to Cleveland and giving them hope, I put that in the top. Uh, the Chicago Cubs, I am a diehard Mets fan, but I will give it to them. You know, we did have a lot of injuries. We did take them out of the playoffs last year. Them ending that huge drought, longest drought in Major League Baseball or any sport, I believe, uh, is history. Um, so I will give them that. Peyton Manning winning the Super Bowl in his final season, also impressive. To the likes of like John Elway, Jerome Bettis, they went out on top. Uh, the only thing I don't like about that is Eli Manning was able to brag that he had more Super Bowls than his brother. That was the only thing he was able to hold over him. And if you watch the Super Bowl, Eli looked like he uh, lost his grandmother when uh, they scored the game-winning touchdown because he knew I'm back to being Eli. Um, but I will say on that note, the Giants are in the playoffs. They play at 440 today. They beat Green Bay. Then we got a good chance of making a run. And it will give uh, Eli potentially a third Super Bowl. If that's the case, then I am definitely happy for Peyton leaving on a high note. So that's my three. You have to say one thing, though. Speaking as a huge Kobe fan, I'm going to need you to give Kobe his props. <laughs> defense or no defense, he went out the way we wanted to see him go out, jacking up the shots. After all, just remember his motto, you miss all the shots that you don't take. That's right. So defense or no defense, that's highly impressive. Actually, something did come to mind in 2016. Uh, speaking of basketball, how about Kevin Durant leaving the Thunder to go join the Warriors? That's not monumental. So it's monumental to me. Let me tell you why. You're, su you're supposed to be one of the top two players in the league, a la after LeBron. Some people would argue it's Kevin Durant. I believe we'll be able to get in this, delve deeper a little later into our show. On the surface, let me get this right. You're up three to one. So let me get this straight. You're up three to one. Of course, Cesare's being the Thunder versus the 73 win Warriors. You're dominating the first four games of the series. Your team blows a three to one lead in large part because you are not holding up to your end of the deal. And on top of it, one man named Draymond Green kicks your teammate Steven Adams not once, but twice in his groin area. And you leave your team to go join that team. I'm sorry, but to me that's a huge deal. That's, like I said, hopefully we can get into that later. That's second on my list, you know, first being Kobe. Number three on the list, I'm going to have to give the Cavs winning the championship their props. Coming from a guy who's coming full circle on LeBron, I used to be the president of the LeBron hate club. And I've come full circle. You have to give the man his his props. He's amazing for everything he can do. Let's focus on what he actually does do. This man makes a statement and he backs it up. You remember we get we all gave him slack for going to the Heat, joining with Wade and Bosch, and he said not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. 
He did go to four straight championships, which is unprecedented, and that's unheard of. He did win two of the four. He lost two. But then he said, I'm going back to Cleveland. I'm going to win a championship for Cleveland. They haven't won a championship since when? 1950s or so? The 70s. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. 1970s? Guess what he did? He brought Cleveland a championship. I have to give the man his props. He is great, and he's the yeah. best player in the game he's today. He's a baller. He's he a is. Baller. He's great. Was that all three? Yeah. yeah, that was all three. Just real quick, I think my top three are the Cubs winning the World Series because of that drought. I mean, that is just one of the longest droughts in all of sports history. I think Michael Phelps in his fifth Olympics was really, 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 really impressive. Uh, the fact that he's got the most medals ever by an Olympian is pretty nuts. I mean, he won five goals in the silver. That's pretty crazy. And I'm going to put... Kobe putting up 60 in his final NBA To be honest with you. Because it was impressive to see him go out like that. There's a lot of floundering going on as you limp out of your sports career for a lot of players. And Kobe didn't go out like that. Kobe dropped the mic out there. So, yeah. So, that was, he, <laughs> that was pretty crazy. So, speaking of Kobe Bryant, we're about 30 games into the NBA regular season. First off, Russell Westbrook is currently averaging over a triple-double per game a third of the way through the season. Is it even possibly realistic to think he can maintain those numbers through 50 more games? No one has done it since Oscar Robertson and the 61-62 season. That was over 50 years ago. You know, it's a completely different style of basketball that they play during this generation of players versus the way the game was played 50 years ago. So I think it's pretty crazy that he's averaging the triple-double and I don't know if it is possible that he is going to be able to continue this. We're going to go with Ryan on this one first. Hopefully Johnny isn't the only one who can give shout outs. Shout out to the big homie one, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Triple double machine. Triple double machine. Simply put, can he keep it up? The answer, the answer is yes. And uh, the reason why is because he's just playing his game. That's that's just the way he plays. He gives 110% on every play. It's actually kind of crazy. I've never seen a player literally play 110% effort every play. It's actually, being a fan of his, I'm actually a little scared when I watch him play because he plays so hard on every play and every game. But uh, I do think he can keep it up. And he's not out there getting those Jason Kidd triple doubles either. You know, the 10, 10, and 10. He's yeah, out here. He's 30, 12, and 10. Right. If you look up the numbers, he's second in assists and fourth in rebounds. Fourth, he's sixth, six, three inches. Fourth in rebounds. Uh, actually, in their game uh, last night, he had another 17 rebounds. And he had another triple double. And 30 points and 12 assists. So, can I ask you a question? Yeah, he can most certainly keep it up. Yeah, let's see what Jordan I think Russell Westbrook is one of the best players to play in the NBA, even with uh, Durant leaving. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like the Jimmy Butler situation once Dwayne Wade left and he kind of had more opportunity to take control with James Harden going to the Rockets and becoming, you know, the guy you're actually seeing now, how good he is. And they can't use it as, oh, well, he's playing with Kevin Durant, so that's why he's able to play as well as he is. Because uh, realistically, who is even on the Thunder? Superstar-wise. That's the thing. Do you think he can average the triple-double? I think he can. I think he's making it look easy. 
Yeah, he does make it look really easy. Um, what is he, 17 now? 18 triple-doubles this year? 17 was 17. last night? Yeah, yeah I think 17 triple-doubles already. Um, and averaging triple-doubles this season because, again, like you guys were saying, his numbers are so ridiculous that even only having half of the season so far being played, and let's say, what, 20, was that 40 games that are almost been played? Yeah. Yeah, so you're talking 50% of his games he's done triple-doubles and still averaging a triple-double. So, again, to your point, he's not just doing 10, 10, 10. He's putting up monster numbers and even averaging it out, still making it happen. I'm excited to see for the rest of the season. Hopefully he stays healthy and see if he can pull it off because uh, it would be fun to watch. And, again, it's a slap in the face to Kevin Durant saying, we don't need you. Actually, I have a side note to that. I was actually thinking as I was coming over here, oh, Kevin Durant. Like, tell me how you really feel. So, uh, all of these years, we've accused Russell Westbrook of holding back Kevin Durant. Could it be Kevin Durant that's holding back his teammates? That's a good question. Let's put it like this. You remember the 2012 Finals? There was the big uh, three of James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and uh, Kevin Durant. That was when they were young. They are all 21, 22 years old. Played the Heat. It was competitive, but they lost in five, five games. James Harden got his own team. Now he's the man. Uh, and now Westbrook has his own team. He's the man. Who was a two-time league MVP. One Steph Curry. Who's not having the best season this year. If you look at it, Clay Thompson isn't as good as he was last year. Steph Curry's not as good as he was last year. Cameron's still putting up pretty good numbers, but is it at the expense of his finals caliber teammates? Could it be? I'd just like to point out that it is clear Ryan has true, deep disgust and hatred for Mr. Kevin Durant and a whole lot of love for Russell Westbrook. I knew going into this that he was going to say, yeah, of course he can average a triple-double. I think you're both crazy. I don't think there's any way that it gets done because right now he's averaging like 10.8 rebounds and 10.2 assists and there's no way he's going to be able to keep that number up through another 50 games and I will also point out that my Hornets smacked Russell Westbrook in the Oklahoma City Thunder just three nights ago and kept him under his triple double I'd just like to point that out go Hornets and speaking of amazing point guards he scored like 35 points it doesn't matter hey we kept him under the triple again who does Oklahoma Oklahoma City have other than Russell Westbrook that's just going to ball out and put up 35 points every night. He's 30% of their offense and that's why he puts up 30 points a game. Anyways, speaking of the point guards, we're going to be talking top five point guards. Who do you guys think are the top five point guards in the league as of today? I want to know real quick, top five point guards. Real quick, that would be uh, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Russ. <laughs> Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry, Lillard up in Portland, Chris Paul, and that clutch shooter from Cavaliers. Uh, his name escapes me right now. He's the point guard, number two. Hit the game-winning shot in game seven and on Christmas Day, I think. <laughs> Whatever his name is. Yeah, I'm going to go with him. Oh, you're talking about uh, Kyrie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyrie Irving. Heard. All right. Well, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I mean, we obviously know Russell Westbrook, definitely up there. I think that Isaiah Thomas for the Celtics is somebody that is very underrated. 
also, yeah, I mean, what is this, his third or fourth season? He's, again, playing with the Celtics, which is a very young team, but really, really doing well and playing well. I hated his father. Uh, the Knicks still are kind of in shambles. I think we still are paying Allen Houston 27 years later because uh, Isaiah Thomas, you know, loves that. I think the Knicks pay Bobby Bonilla. He was a Met. He didn't even play basketball, but I'm pretty sure that they pay him. There we got James Harden. I'd like to point out that it's not actually his son. <laughs> That's what they. That's what they say. There's no relation. I call baloney. We got uh, Jimmy Butler. Once Dwayne Wade left, uh, he is also balling and now has you know open space and the ability. So I'm putting him up there. I don't think Jimmy What is he? He's a shooting guard. Uh, it's, all, it's all the same thing. Everybody's uh, the same thing. All right, we'll cross up. Kemba Walker. I will give a shout out to Kemba. Yeah, yeah. He's balling out, playing really, really well this year. Now that he hasn't played well in the past, James Harden, is he not considered a point guard either? Uh, he's playing point guard for them this, this year. Yeah, right? Okay. I mean, technically, so is LeBron James, though, at points, but he's not really listed as point guard. That's what I'm saying. Now, with the hybrids, it's so different than like 20 years ago where you had specific power forward centers, shooting guards, point guards. Now everybody's kind of mixed in except for centers. And then um, the other one I had was actually your boy Kyrie Irving, another guy that uh, playing on a superstar team, making things happen. And I think. I think his maturity level is getting a lot better and he's learning how to be a team player and learning how to distribute the ball and doesn't need to be the star of the Cavs. Uh, he knows that they are already they already have plenty of them. I'm going to go ahead and say this is my quick top five and I'll leave it at this. Steph Curry is still a top five point guard even though he's having kind of a slower season than he has the last two years but he's definitely a top five point guard. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. We know. Then I've got Kyrie Irving, of course, as much as I hate it, I'm going to put Kyrie Irving up there. Russell Westbrook, obviously, because he's the prolific scorer that he is, that he's averaging the triple-double, that he basically is taking Oklahoma City on his back right now. I'm going to give it to him. My boy, Kemba Walker, absolutely killing people with crossovers and stepbacks. I'm definitely putting him top five. And to be honest with you, I had to really think about who I wanted as the fifth person. But I'm going to go with Damian Lillard. He is having a little bit of a slower year, but I'm going Damian Lillard because he is the leader of that team. He balls out for them. They're a top 5-6 team in the West, and the West is no joke. So I'm going to give it to Damian Lillard as my top five. Steph Curry, Kyrie, Westbrook, Kemba, and Damian Lillard. All right, so guys, we've seen about a third of the season so far. If you were a betting man, and Johnny, which in fact you are, who do you think is going to finish top three in each conference this NBA season? For the East, I'll make it real quick. I'm going to go Cavs, Raptors, Celtics, top three. For the West, I'm going to go Spurs because for some reason every year teams try to write them off and uh, they get better and better. Uh, I think their record is 30-7, and seven, so I think they're top record in the NBA right now, if I'm not mistaken. Then you got the Warriors, obviously. They're obviously always going to be at the top, especially with the additions, and I think they're only going to get better once they kind of gel and get a little bit more together uh, as a team with Durant now adding on. 
And then uh, the mix-up is either the Clippers or the Thunder, actually. I know the Thunder's record is not really where the top records are at this point, but I do see if they do add one or two players, uh, they don't have to be superstars, just role players. I think the Thunder can go far. And uh, the Clippers, I think that uh, the more that they gel, the more that they grow together, and the more they play together, I have a feeling that they're going to also be in the top. I'll start off with the Western Conference. One, we'll go with the Warriors. Two, go Spurs. Three, we'll go with Houston Rocket, led by James Harden. East, number one is clearly the Cavs. Does two and three really matter, though? Does, I mean, no one can touch them. And they just got Kyle Korver, too. I don't know if I know that. Scott Cockhorter. It's a wrap. Number two will be the Raptors for whatever that's worth. Yeah. Three. Uh, Come on, Ryan. I know you want to do it. I'm going to pull for the Hornets led by Kimba Walker. There you go. Pull them. There you go. I, I really hope they get top three seed. That would be really nice to see that. That would be really nice to see I'm right there with y'all. So in the West, I've got the Warriors, Spurs, Rockets in that order. And then in the East, I've got Cavs first, obviously. But they are only six games up on my Hornets. There's lots of basketball left to be played. There's lots of basketball left to be played. I do have the Raptors in second, but I do think it's going to be really close that my Hornets might be able to slip into that two spot. The whole East is cluttered up right now, but my Hornets are solid. They play good defense. They've got Kemba Walker, who I would like to note that as the NBA All-Star voting is going on, is only ninth in the NBA All-Star voting right now, which is an absolute freaking joke. Jeremy Lin is eighth in the voting above him. If you want a little joke, you know who's second in West voting this year? Who's your guess? Second in West voting. Steph Curry is second in West voting this year. Is that wrong? That's wrong. It's one of his teammates. Clay Thompson? Kevin Durant. Zaza Pachulia. <laughs> All right, yeah, so the NBA All-Star game is a, is a joke. I'm going for that. Zaza. If I can't, if Kemba Walker playing as good as he is and being in the top and scoring and with all the highlight reels that he's got, I, it's absolutely ridiculous. Anyways, I'm getting, I'm getting mad just thinking about it. I'm, I'm literally getting mad just thinking about it. Hold on. Thomas, Johnny, I was wondering if I could pose a question to y'all. Of course. So I don't know if y'all know this, but the uh, GMs were surveyed prior to this season. And they were asked if they could start their team with the player, who would it be? And 30 out of 30 said one, Carl Towns, who plays for Timberwolves. Now, I'll pose a question to y'all. If y'all could start your team with one player, who would it be? To be honest with you, if I was to start a team right now in today's NBA and think kind of long term about it and not like just right now I, I think I would go Jimmy Butler that might surprise some people but I think I would go Jimmy Butler I think he's that good of an all around player or Kawhi Leonard I think Kawhi Leonard actually I think I might take Kawhi over Jimmy Butler and, and you know he's still super young and he gets better every year he might be the best all around player in the NBA well, this is going to be no surprise, but I'm going to become a homer. Um, I'm going to say Przingis. And the reason being, he's seven foot three. He has a unbelievable shot. He has to add a little bit more weight and definitely get a little bit more experience. But in terms of him and Carl Towns, I think that Przingis has a higher ceiling. Uh, you know, they do compare him to Dirk. And in terms of 
the shooting ability. Where Carl Towns, yes, is a force, being as tall and as big as he is and as strong as he is. But I think he's limited in terms of his shooting ability, especially long-range shooting. So they do call him the Unicorn. I hate that nickname for him. But uh, I think that we're going to see, especially in the next couple of years, a growth. And you're going to be very pleasantly surprised. He's already been playing very, very well. But I think that give it a couple more years, a little bit more weight, a little bit more coaching. Um, get rid of Aunt Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> get rid of Carmelo Anthony. You say you don't have faith in running that triangle offense? I don't have faith in Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> I hate Carmelo Anthony. Did, you, did, I, did I ever tell you that? Wait, wait, you hate who? His name is Carmelo <laughs> Anthony. He was uh, Allen Iverson, but a little bit bigger. Uh, he only knows how to shoot, doesn't know how to play defense. And uh, yeah, he may be one of the top offensive players in the league, but you'll never win playing that way. Carmelo Anthony. Listen, he says he hates Carmelo Anthony, but we don't know if that's true. Secretly, he goes into the bathroom and, you know, to Carmelo Anthony. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hey, and, and you know what? It's, it's, as much as I don't have so much love for Carmelo Anthony and the NBA as an NBA player, he did bring my Syracuse Orangemen their national championship. I'll just put that one there. So I have a little bit of love for Carmelo. I'm just saying that. All right, fellas. So now it's time to play everyone's favorite game, Pick One. It's similar to the Would You Rather game. I'm going to give you two different situations. You got to tell me which one you would choose out of the two different situations. Johnny swayed this before. Lots of fun. I don't tell the fellas what I'm going to ask them, so I try and keep this a surprise. So here we go. The very first pick one. Would you rather be Steve Bartman, infamous for taking a fly ball away from a Cubs outfielder on a routine pop-up in the NLCS, a series in which the Cubs went on to blow a 3-2 lead and failed to make it to the World Series again? I mean, maybe they don't hate him anymore now that the curse is broken, but I think they probably do. Or Scott Norwood, the kicker for the Buffalo Bills during the Boy I Love Losing Super Bowls run, who missed the game-winning field goal wide right against the Giants in 1991 in Super Bowl 25, he is now known forever as Scott Norwide, not Scott Norwood. And I know what Johnny's going to say here because he's a Giants fan, so we already know what his answer is. So out of the two, would you rather be Steve Bartman with the Cubs or Scott Norwide with the Bills? Does looks have anything to do with it? Because that Bartman kid is one ugly dude. So if that's the case, then... No, uh, I would rather be Barman just for the fact that they did win the World Series now. They are already talking about bringing him back in and, and potentially having a, a day for him. Um, because, again, you know, they won. So once you win, everything is healed. Uh, I also think he got the short end of the stick. There was two other guys that actually got their hand on that ball. But uh, just because they didn't get the ball, nobody knows or remembers them. So, yeah, uh, I would I'd rather be Barman. I'd rather be Barman. What about you, Ryan? Uh, I don't want to be Steve Bartman. <laughs> From a simple standpoint of, I believe people hated Steve Bartman up until this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, Did he have threats out on his life or oh, something like that? And up until you said Scott Norwood and what he did, I had no idea who he was. Really? So, I'm going to go with him because apparently it's, who do you say, you said he kicked for the Bills? Yeah, he kicked for the Bills in the uh, 91 Super Bowl. Well, the good news for them, it, well, so what was their excuse for losing all four in a row? 
<laughs> and also, they haven't been going to the playoffs in what 17 consecutive yeah, years now. So I feel they're just a sorry franchise from the sounds of it. So I'm just gonna go with him because I don't think people threaten to kill him or they don't hate him anymore because the team is just not good. Yeah, they probably so, forgot he exists. Yeah, they forgot he exists. All right, all right. Real quick question, Ryan, how old are you? 27. That's why he doesn't know who Scott Norwood is, by the way, just saying. <laughs> all right, so we're on to the next one. Would you rather drink a vial of LeBron James's Tears of Joy after winning a title in Cleveland? Or have to sit in a room and listen to Stephen A. Smith go on one of his most epic rants ever for eight hours straight. Out of the two, what are you going to pick? LeBron James's vial of tears or eight hours with the good old Stephen A. Smith? This is Ryan speaking. As an avid first take listener daily, gotta say, I'd rather drink from LeBron James. I will have a large craffle. Instead of spending eight hours. Can, can y'all explain to me this? How can one person be so passionate about everything? Everything? No, everything. Every, like, we have to argue about everything. Everything. He gets paid good money to do everything. it. I, I, I mean, but it's like authentic passion. It's raw passion. It's not just pretending. He's really that upset yeah. about every topic. After about two minutes, I would be like, yeah, I got to get out of this room. You, you're, you, we're not going to argue over whether or not we want the bottled water or tap water for, right. for, for no. It's not going to happen. So, yeah. Now that Colin Coward is not with Stephen A., um, I can tolerate him. It wasn't Colin Coward. It was Skip Bayless. Uh, Skip Bayless. Sorry, sorry. Yes, Skip Bayless. Uh, I can tolerate Stephen A. a little bit more. Plus, Stephen A. is a huge New York fan, uh, and he hates on the same stuff that I hate on with New York teams. I do think he is a Carmelo fan, but that'll change soon. <laughs> so, I would actually uh, like to sit in a room with Stephen A. for eight hours. Really? I think that we could have awesome conversations. I can argue with the best of them. Do you think you could keep up? Um, I think I can run circles around him. <laughs> wow, I would love to see that. Um, I, think, I think it would be challenging for you. I do. Just because he has uh, a lot more years on me uh, and a little more experience maybe in that aspect of it, I I'm up for the challenge. You know what? Fuck LeBron James. <laughs> Mike dropped. <laughs> he did actually drop the mic. <laughs> More like set it down on the table. It's, it's kind of a it's kind of a shaky table though, so I don't know if we want to slam things down. Hey, as a little update in the middle of the pick one game, we're uh, almost through the third quarter of the wild card game and Pittsburgh is up 23-6. This game looks like it's going nowhere quick for the Dolphins. Just saying. Alright, so y'all. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm gonna interject real quick. So we actually do have a special guest with us that we brought. She kinda is uh, my IT representative for the day, kinda helping me hook things up and make sure everything's ready to do this out in public. My beautiful and lovely girlfriend, Victoria, I'm going to ask you to pick one between LeBron James's Vial of Tears or Stephen A. Smith, because in fact, you do know who Stephen A. Smith is. Yeah, she knows who, she knows who Stephen A. Smith is. So of the two, would you rather drink LeBron James's Vial of Tears or hang out with uh, Stephen A. Smith for eight hours? Uh, well, Thomas keeps ESPN on enough that I know exactly who Stephen A. Smith is. And I actually enjoy his passionate rants. However, for LeBron James, I've never been necessarily against him, but since 
since Richie has been around, Thomas's brother, he's so for him, so passionately for him that it makes me just irritated. And I, you don't I, want anything to do with his tears? Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not all for that. No, I'd rather listen to Stephen A. Smith for sure. For sure. That's funny. That's funny. All right. So here's the last pick one. Would you rather take a punch from Mike Tyson or have USA Women's Soccer star and America's sweetheart Alex Morgan take your place? The caveat is that you stand there and watch her get hit by Mike Tyson and live your life knowing that you made Mike Tyson pop that girl in her face. Are you going to be chivalrous, Johnny? I'm taking the hit from Mike Tyson. All right, there you go, man. Really for the story of saying I got punched in the mouth by Mike Tyson. I'm all about the stories. And I did meet him. And I'll tell you what, he's not that big of a guy. But that doesn't mean he can't pack a punch. I'm just saying, he's a lot smaller than I thought he would be. I said, this is about your size. Yeah. Mike Tyson, call me. I seen you fight that one guy. 30 seconds, he took one hit and uh, won like, I don't know, made like $4 million. I'll drop real quick. Real quick. This isn't for money. For the story, bro. It's for my tell-all book. Having sex with midgets, getting punched in the face by Mike Tyson. <laughs> Chapters one and chapter two. That's the title. <laughs> oh, that's the title. <laughs> how can I top that? Yeah, right. I'll tell you how I top Steve that. Smith, you make that shit on me. <laughs> um, question: Is this prime Mike Tyson or is this today Mike Tyson? This is Prime Mike Tyson. You're all Mike Tyson. Okay, this is the thing. We're gonna go Prime Mike Tyson. Prime Mike Tyson. I'm gonna say that. Uh, sorry to one Alex Morgan, <laughs> but uh, not gonna be able to do it. Okay, so you're making it seem as though it's as simple as taking a punch from Mike Tyson, and you said there's no money involved. <laughs> Why would I risk my life to get punched by Mike Tyson so she doesn't have to get hit? For, apparently, she's a U.S. soccer. She seems like she does really well for herself. Probably the best hospitals and best medical team. Me, you, me and you work at the same place, Thomas. Yeah. We're, we're not getting all that. Uh, so there's a chance that I could die from this hit. That's true. You realize this? I could die. Yeah. Could break my nose, teeth, and then I have to go to the dentist. Be all jacked up for the rest jacked of your life. Jacked up. Then there's the probability of brain damage. Yeah. Where this? What's your name? Alex Morgan. Yeah. Uh, people know who she is. She could probably start like a GoFundMe account if need be. People would donate. They would give. They would. Not that she needs it. She probably. She probably makes a pretty penny, right? What do you think? She, no, the women's soccer stars are a little underpaid, yeah. but they make more money than you do. Give it endorsements though. She's on Well, so your answer is sorry, Alex Morgan. Sorry, uh, and the good news is she plays soccer, so that means she's fast. Yeah. She probably run if need be. If she gets there, she changes her mind. Like ah, I'm out. She can run, <laughs> and she's good. She will probably kick too. Yeah. Maybe it'd be like he punches her and kicks him. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe like a dream on green sort of reaction situation. Get punched, kick, get groin, something like that. Real high. I don't know, but I'm not taking a punch from how my guys All right, fellas, so I think our server's giving us funny looks over here, so I think it's about all the time we've got for today. 
as always, I really appreciate y'all coming on to shoot the shit about what's going on in sports. Ryan, real quick question. You interested in doing this again? Absolutely. All right, Ryan's in. Ryan's in for the next one. We'll make it happen. Johnny, sir, I know you are always on board to talk sports. So we'll see you the next time. And for everyone listening out there, we thank you once again, as always. Y'all tune in for the next episode where we're going to be talking NFL playoffs on T-Bosh and the fellas talking life and sports. Stay positive, stay productive, and be nice to each other, y'all. We'll see you next time.